Psalm 63, 1 through 5. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation version. It says this, O God, you are my God. We were just singing that, right? Um, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. I will praise you with songs of joy. This morning, as we begin this series, Engage, I want to preach from this thought, and that is this, the hungry, the hungry. Type that in the chat, the hungry. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Hallelujah. I know that you are here with me, and I trust and I depend totally on your Holy Spirit to speak to me and through me to your people. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer in Jesus name. Amen. The hungry. That's where we're going to start. Amongst the many things uh, people resolve to do at the top of the year, exercise more is the most stated resolution amongst the many things that people will resolve to do this year. You can look it up. You can research it. Exercise more is one of the most stated, if not the top prioritized resolution. For the last month or so, uh, men and women all around the world have been looking in mirrors, wondering how they lost so much in 2021, but somehow managed to keep in some cases and in some cases gain more weight. They're looking in mirrors, wondering how in the world that I lose so much, but I could not manage to get rid of, of this weight, physical weight, and in some cases gain more weight. Never in life, and y'all can act like I'm not talking to you, it's okay, but never in life have so many people struggled to get the right angle in a picture, <laughs> struggled to find the right outfit to wear, and struggled to walk up and down the stairs in their home like they have struggled in recent days. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. Some of you can attest that the weight (laughs) and the struggle to lose it has been real. And as a consequence of this additional weight, many of us are taking action. And at the top of the year, you're addressing the condition. I saw somebody, truth, pastor. Thank you, y'all. Tell the truth, shame and devil, right? You're taking action and addressing the condition of your body at the top of the year. I know for sure there are home gyms erecting everywhere with a mission to attack the fat. <laughs> there are home gyms. You somebody right now putting together your Pilates system or your total gym right now. You ha- you are on a mission this year, Pastor Jeff. I'm going to attack the fact. There are garages and guest rooms 
full of mats and full of workout equipment and motivational pictures, purpose to conquer the pounds once and for all. Y'all being quiet in this chat, but you know, you laughing to yourself. He is talking to me. If anything, this will be the year where many of you will say, I got my body back. <laughs> I dare somebody. We're going to get to the serious stuff, y'all. I'm building, I'm building my foundation here. I'm building this up. I dare somebody who's not ashamed. Just type in the chat real quick. I'm getting my body back. Before we get to the spiritual things, I am getting my body back. I dare you. Type it in the chat right now. I'm getting my body. If you're not ashamed. If you're not ashamed, I'm getting my body back. I'm telling those Texas, Texas Roadhouse uh, rolls and those Krispy Kreme donuts that I'm getting my body back. You can't have my arms. <laughs> you can't have my thighs. You can't have my belly. And you definitely can't have that meat underneath my chin. This is the year that I'm getting my body back. Is there anybody watching online that, that can testify? Pastor Jeff, there's a lot of things that I'm getting this year. And one of those things is I'm getting my body back. <laughs> I'm getting my body back. In fact, many of you have already created a diet plan to accompany your workouts. You got your little plan, your, your little order of what you're going to do, because what we physically carry is determined by what we continually consume. Hear me. What you, that weight didn't just show up by, oh my gosh, I woke up and I, I was 10 more pounds heavier than I was. No, it, it, was, the, it was what you were consuming. You, you were carrying, watch this because I'm starting to shift now. You were carrying what you consume. We be looking at weight like, how did you get here? How in the world did I get this belly meat? You know how you got, you were eating rolls and yams and, and, and potato salad and mashed potatoes. It, it didn't get here by surprise, right? You were carrying what you consumed because appetite is just as important as activity. Appetite is just as important as activity. The grocery store and the gym have to work together. We must eat in a way that complements our exercise regimen rather than contradict it. I can't just say I'm about to exercise and I'm not going to eat better. Both are necessary components for the physical changes we seek. And you know that's true. If our diet doesn't support our physical destiny, it will never be reached. You can put all of the pictures up you want. You can buy all of the equipment you want. But if your diet doesn't complement your physical destiny, it will never be reached. Likened unto our spiritual walk. This is true when it comes to our walk with God. We cannot expect a healthy spiritual countenance. And a growth supernaturally with a carnal diet. I'm going to say it again. We cannot expect to have a healthy spiritual countenance with a carnal diet. We got to get this at the top of the year, y'all. I can expect to consume carnality and grow supernaturally. Come on now. I have scripture for this, Romans 8, verse 7. It says, the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes, with, with its carnal appetite, is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, to what God wants. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8 says, those who are living the life of the flesh 
catering to the appetites. Those who are living with a carnal appetite and impulses of their carnal nature cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to him. In other words, I cannot gratify self and grow with God at the same time. Oh, man, don't leave the chat, y'all. I cannot gratify self and grow with God at the same time. Carnal appetites don't promote godly affection. Hey, glory to God. Carnal appetites don't promote godly affection. In fact, the more carnal we become, the less connected to God we feel. Could it be that it seems as if God has been distant these last two years because we've said we've wanted to be closer, but we were not willing to sacrifice carnal appetites in order to be drawn closer to him. And as a consequence, we felt distance. Where is God? What is God doing? What is God saying? God is speaking and God is moving. But a carnal appetite becomes less sensitive to what he's doing. And it's not until we address that appetite that our affection is opened up to a place where we can actually be in, a, in alignment with God. Appetites matter. Just type that in the chat. Appetites matter. Appetites matter. What I consume spiritually determines how I grow supernaturally. I told you all on New Year's Eve that God wants to engage with his sons and daughters this year in a deeper way. I feel that so strong. Hallelujah. I believe God was talking to me. He says, I'm jealous over my people. And I, and I didn't do too much uh, study into this, but I was looking at Exodus 34 and he was just talking about how he's jealous. Sometimes we forget God is jealous over us. He says, Jeff, I want my people to know I'm jealous over them. I really want them. And I know I can do for them, but I want people who really want me. He says, I'm jealous. I'm tired of them making excuses as to why they can't spend time with me. I'm tired of them making excuses as to why I'm not enough. I want my people back. I want their heart. I want their mind. He says, I told y'all to love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your body, all your soul. I want everything from them so that I can engage more so with them at a level that I've never engaged before. He says, I want to engage with you. I want to strengthen the connection of the covenant relationship that I have with you like I've never done it before. However, it's going to require a desire to please him greater than the desires we have to please ourselves. <laughs> Hear me. At the top of the year, we've got to make, uh, make up our mind as to who we're going to please this year. Because who I'm going to please makes me check what I want out of this year. Because if I want to please God, I'm going to want desires that are after him. But if I want to please myself, I'm only going to pursue and think of and begin to conceptualize ways to bring self-gratification. But I don't think that's God, what God wants. As a matter of fact, that's not what God wants. He doesn't want this to be a self-gratifying year. He wants it to be a God-glorifying year. A year where we really live to please him. Romans 8, 5 says, those who are according, according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit and are controlled by the desires of the spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Essentially, family, the proof is in the pursuit. 
You can't tell me you want God and you're pursuing other things. I can't tell you I want God and my pursuit is after everything. No, the proof is in the pursuit. The proof is in the pursuit. When we really desire God, when we are really hungry for him, our lives will go in the direction that gratifies him opposite of the one that satisfies self. At some point, sacrifice becomes the norm. I know I have to give up something. I know I have to relinquish something because I really want God. You'll get to a place where you're finding yourself asking the Holy Spirit to continually deaden every desire that creates distance between your heart and the heart of God and to awaken every affection that draws you closer to him in connection. That's my prayer this year. God deaden, hallelujah, glory to God, deaden every desire that creates distance in between my heart and your heart uh, and awaken uh, every affection that draws me close to you. I cannot speak up uh, for everyone this year, uh, but at the top of 22, uh, 2022, uh, what I want more than anything uh, is an appetite that attracts God. Oh, glory. I want an appetite, yes, Lord, that attracts God. I want a hunger that pulls me into divine habitation. What I desire most, I told y'all, I'm talking to y'all this morning, this Thursday more so, about our 21-day fast. Y'all, the 21-day fast for me is for a deeper communion with and sensitivity to the presence of God. I know I'm going to see supernatural accomplishments. I know I'm going to see supernatural acceleration. Uh, but what I want most, uh, the one thing I desire of the Lord um, is his presence. Um, I'm fasting uh, for fellowship. Uh, before he breathes on my business, uh, I want him to breathe on me. Is there anybody uh, that share the same sentiments? Uh, God, before you breathe on my brand, uh, breathe uh, on my life. Um, before you grant me favor um, with men, uh, present to me, uh, offer me fellowship uh, with you. Uh, before you bring me uh, into a great harvest. Uh, I want to be drawn um, into experiences uh, with heavenly hosts. Uh, if this is going to be uh, the year uh, of divine engagement, uh, then I must desire to engage. Hey, who am I talking? Hey, glory to God. Who am I talking to this morning? If God is calling me, then I'm going to respond. David says, Lord, I've heard you say, come, and my heart responds to you. I am coming. That's what I believe God is doing. He has given us an open invitation to fellowship with him. And if we put fellowship first, we'll find fulfillment. Can I, whoa, can I tell y'all something? I'm not worried about fulfillment this year. I'm, I believe God is going to do uh, what he said. Uh, but what concerns me more um, than fulfillment um, is fellowship. Uh, God, uh, I want to feel your presence. Um, even if you don't change my situation, uh, just let me know you're there with me. Uh, even if things get hard, uh, just give me habitation. Uh, because I can deal uh, with the hard thing uh, when I am in habitation uh, with the Holy One. I'm going to say that again. I'm, I can deal uh, with the heart. I can deal. I should have. I should have. I, I ain't know I was going to stand up, Dwayne. I'm sorry. I'm, I can deal uh, with the hard 
thing. When I am in, in when I am in habitation with the Holy One. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. I can deal, oh God, with the hard thing when I am in habitation with the Holy One. Y'all don't think I got scripture for this. The Bible tells us those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91. This I declare about the Lord. He alone. Watch this. Look at the word. Alone. He alone. He alone. He alone. That means I don't need any supplements. I don't need any substitutions. He alone is my. You got to make it personal. He's not their refuge. He's not your refuge. He's my. Can y'all just type that in the chat? He's my safety place. He's my refuge. He alone is my refuge. My place of safety. My God in whom I trust. The hard thing becomes easier to handle when you are in habitation with Hoshana Mansa, the Holy One. Why are you not worried? Because I worship often. Why are you not stressed? Because I surrender often. Why are you not complaining? Because I'm in connection with someone much greater than what I'm going through right now. <laughs> I believe, man, that, that there's a remnant of spiritually hungry believers watching this morning. Ready to turn down plates, turn off TVs, turn away from temptation in order to tap into a great dimension of the presence of God or more so greater dimension of the presence of God that we've never known. I'm going to turn from so I can tap in. I'm going to turn from so I can tap into. I'm going to turn from so I can tap into. I'm turning from. If my people who are caught by name would humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and heal the land. If I get focused on fellowship, I turn and begin to fellowship with him. And I turn and become hungry for him. He'll fulfill everything else I need him to do. I just, I just have to show him that I want him. I wonder if there's anybody watching this morning that earnestly wants God. Does anybody thirst for him? Do you long for him in a time where people and places and things that we once relied on have become less reliable? If you read the text and study the history of the text um, in Psalm 63, uh, uh, David was in a wilderness. He was in a deserted place. And one thing I've learned is that when you get in a deserted place, it really shows you what you desire. See, we felt like we've been in a, in a deserted place these last year, last two years. Seems like it's, it's lacking resources and, and you don't have the amenities that you're used to. And the deserted place has shown us what we really desire. Hey, glory. The deserted place, uh, when you get in a desert, it really shows you the things you begin to ask for first is what you want most. David says, I earnestly search for you in this dry and weary land. Just like we're saying today, God, I earnestly search for you in a time where people are turning away from you. Hey, Bansha, I search for you. I know people are renouncing their faith. I know people are, are saying they don't need God no more. They don't need the fellowship of the saints. But I'm still connected. I earnestly search for you 
I relied on some friends. They weren't reliable, but I searched for you. I relied on some habits. They weren't reliable, but I searched for you. I relied on some career paths. They weren't reliable, but I searched for you. There are even some family members I tried to rely on, and their loyalty is in question, but I searched for you because you have never failed me. You've never forsaken me. God, I search for you. David reminds us of what's most important, and that is our hunger and thirst for God. When the world, as it, as it appears to be, when the world more so is in what appears to be the wilderness, that's what it's felt like these last two years for some. We've got to turn our affection towards God, the unfailing one, the one who can be relied on. David says, God, your love is unfailing. It's better than life itself. It's reliable. And he says, if we earnestly seek him, he'll satisfy us. This is what David says. He says, you satisfy me more than the richest feast and show me your power and your glory like I've never known it before. He says, you satisfy me more. Your glory and your power, I want that because it's more satisfying than anything I could have. This year, family, is a year for the hungry. This year is a year from those who say, I am hungering and thirsting after God. Some of us got back into the flow of coming to church. And it's like, all right, I'm good now. And God says, no, 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 no. Y'all go back to virtual for a little bit. And I'm not saying being in person is wrong. I, I'm, it's not, I'm not even dealing with that argument at all. It's, it really shouldn't be an argument. I think we should try to find God however we can, whether it's at home or in the sanctuary, however. But what I do know is that God is making us rely on him. He's making us rely on him. He's depleting sources, or more so, let me say it this way. He's depleting resources that we've relied on so that we can be synced with him as the source for all we need. He's depleting our sources. Watch this. Not that he's unresourceful, but he's depleting what we've always reached for. So that we would reach for him alone. He said, I'm going to make you hungry. I'm going to make you hungry. I, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you more so adjust and address your appetite. He says, I'm going to make sure this year you, you, you check that appetite. I want you to qualify your appetite this year. Because you've been talking about you want me. I want to see if it's true. I want to see if I am really the source. Your source. If you really after me, he says, I'm gonna check that appetite because you've been saying you want me, but your appetite and your activities have not testified of that. This year, family, is a year for the hungry. The hungry are gonna find habitation, and the habitation will lead to great harvest. Hear me. Don't just go after the harvest. Pursue habitation. Pursue presence. Let your heart reach for habitation. Let there be such a hunger. I'm telling y'all with this fast, I'm praying that God, amongst all things, just create a hunger. Oh, God. Well, when I wake up, I need him. In the middle of the day, I need him. 
At night, I need, I'm hungry for him. I'm checking my appetite. And checking your appetite means a, means a few things. Number one, you got to ex- examine your desires, okay? Got to examine your desires. If you're going to check your appetite, what you're really doing is examining what you desire. Examine your heart. Examine your heart. In our text, it's clear what or more so who David wants. He says, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. He was clear about what he wanted or more so who he wanted. I want you this year to examine your heart and be clear about who you are. Examine your heart and be honest. This is why we're going on a fast, because the fast is going to illuminate the things in us that we've wanted more than God. Fasting gives you a greater sensitivity to your inner man and to God. As we fast, I'm praying God begin to expose our hearts and reveal the things. There's a a, a term in the Bible called presumptuous sins. Those are things that have found rest in us that we're not even really aware of. Now, sometimes it may come out in behavior, but we're not aware that the root of it is bigger than the behavior you see. I want God to get those things, too. So I got to examine my heart. If we're going to engage with God, we must examine whether or not it's him we really want. If y'all remember from last week, I told y'all desires govern decisions. Decisions control directions and directions determine where we dwell. Hear this. Desires govern decisions. Decisions control directions and directions determine where we dwell. God must be the one we desire most above other things. And if he's not, then we must submit to Holy Spirit and allow him to exchange our desires. We have to allow the Holy Ghost because the Bible says, Romans 8, 13, he mortifies the deeds of the flesh. And those deeds are often driven by desires. So we must ask him, Holy Spirit, deaden the desires in me that do not bring you glory. You have to exchange those desires. I'm praying that as we fast, as we consecrate ourselves, God will exchange our carnal desires for his. That I desire what he wants. That I live for what he wants. David exchanged his desires for the temporary with the eternal. He says, I want you. He says, your love is better than life itself. I don't want what life has to give. I want what you have to give. He understood that the satisfactions of life are temporary, but the glory of God's presence is eternal. He says, I'm not going to to live my life in pursuit of temporary things. That's a deception of falling in love with the world. It don't last. The things of the world don't last. That's a deception behind it. The enemy will cause you to fall in love with something that's going to come to its end when we should be falling in love with the one who never ceases to exist. God himself. I believe God wants to give us long-lasting peace and long-lasting joy and long-lasting fulfillment as we hunger for and engage with his presence. But it can only happen when his eternal presence becomes more desirable than this world's temporary pleasures. Because when the desire for his glory exceeds the desire for self-gratification, we can expect 
to see his glory. When the desire for his glory exceeds the desire for self-gratification, then we can expect to see his glory, which is the last thing. Expect God's glory. Expect God's glory. Examine your heart, exchange your desires, and expect God's glory. Examine your heart. What is in my heart that doesn't please God? Right? Examine my heart. I'm going to ask God to exchange my desires. If there's anything in me that does not please God, I'm going to ask him to exchange my desires. And as a consequence of me exchanging my desires, I expect God's glory. David says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. We can expect to see the power and glory of God. You can play softly, Ricky. We can expect to see the power and glory of God as we have experienced him before and even with new encounters when it is the power and glory of God that we desire most. I can expect his glory when I desire his glory most. Yesterday, the Lord told me, he spoke to me, he says, Jeff, you will not see new dimensions until you deal with old desires. He said, you will not see new dimensions until you deal with old desires. And, and particularly, he, he used the word old, that's things that have been sitting with us for a while, things that we have not destroyed. We've just allowed them to linger and go forth. We just keep, keep letting it go. God says, you got to die to that thing. I think it was last week as I was thinking through this series, I think I put it in my phone, uh, but the Lord was telling me that, you know, this is the year where you really got to die to yourself. I take notes all the time, so I don't even know if I'll be able to find it. But it was something in regards, okay, yes, he said this. He says, there must be a new death to self. This was on 29th, December. It says, there must be a new death to self. There are some things that we died to, but we resurrected during the pandemic. God says, I need you to die again to that. We're already dead to sin, but he says, I need you to be uh, a dead to its activities and its movement in your life. He told me this death to self will lead to a desperation for the presence of God that you've never had before, okay? Your desperation is contingent upon you dying to things that you've allowed to linger in your heart and in your thoughts, all right? He said, you got to die to self this year. I mean, for real, for real. We're doing a 21-day fast, but you, you have to fast. And not just with the church. You, you're going to have to fast often for yourself, you're going to have to find days just to, to sit before the Lord and, 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 and deny your physical and carnal world what it wants. If we are willing to, to die to carnal desires, he's willing to grant us access into greater glory. But here's what he says. He says, I will not override who or what you want more than me. He says, I will not override who or what you want more than me. God says, I'm not going to force fellowship, but it is open to you. And this invitation is going to require some transformation of your life and some crucifixion of that flesh.